Welcome to Trail and Error, a look at the trail running world from the podium to the pack with your hosts, Jay Grady and Tristan Stevenson. We decided to start our own trail running podcast to talk to the people we find interesting in the trail and ultra running world, to find out their highs and lows, their momentous successes and their abject failures, and to perhaps give us all a little bit of inspiration to take on some adventures and challenges of our own. We'll be speaking to runners and athletes, race directors and coaches, sports nutritionists and doctors to get the best out of our own running and hopefully yours too. We hope you enjoy the podcast and if you do, please hit like and subscribe via all the normal podcast feeds. But for now, let's get on with the show. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Trail and Error podcast. Uh, Joining Jay and I in the studio this week is Tracy Waite. Hello, Tracy. Hi, how are you? All the better for having you here. Well, not here, but <laughs> there, at least here. on the screen in something the size of a postcard. <laughs> how are you, Jay? You good? I'm all good, thank you. All good. Nice and uh, ready for the weekend. Oh, what does that mean? Um, well, was ready for you. Just said you had pizza. Is that what the pre weekend ritual? That that was so long run morning tomorrow morning. We're uh, so yeah, we're just getting I'm just getting yeah. myself ready for that one. Um, but yeah, just where, kind you, of, where are you going, Joe? I have a loop that takes me up to from home up to Carn Marth and then Carn Bray and then down to Portreath on to Chapelport and then home. So a few friends have contributed and joined up some missing links for me. So I, I now have a nice 24 miler that I can chug around in my own way, in my own time. Ah, I yes. think that's where I often see you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 24, mile, 24 miles uh, is your long run, yeah? Tomorrow, yes. So uh, yeah, it's a nice Wonderful. mix of uh, inland and coast. And uh, yeah, so Tracy, you are an expert on coast? Uh, well, I wouldn't say expert. I um, spend most of my time out on the coast, yeah, but I'm definitely not an expert. Oh, I don't know. That uh, makes you an expert, surely. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you spend yeah, more time maybe. on the coast than um, anyone I know. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So I kind of, I probably live on the coast path, yeah, definitely. It's my, um, it's my happy place. It's definitely, yeah, it's cool. And and so um, to explain to people, if there's anybody out there that doesn't know who you are, um, you're a, a personal trainer and coach. Um, is that how you describe yourself? Yeah, I guess um, personal trainer and wellness coach. So um, I tend to train um, for wellness more than um, aesthetic games and more yeah for for mental health and um overall physical health and just general health and well-being and nice I, yeah and i like to run that's that's my thing so so what to, so your clients um what exactly would you be assisting them with would it be like mindfulness and meditation would it be you know getting nutrition and diet would it be sort of fitness practices, all of that stuff? Yeah, um, it's it's all of that stuff, but it's very client-centered. So it's exactly what that client, um, I suppose, um, 
needs help with at that time and and times change so a client can come to me and um want some kind of fitness advice training advice and then it will roll into um lots of other different aspects of their life so it's just really yeah client-centered and we just go by feel 100 by feel and are these people who um are you know unfit sort of couch to 5k kind of thing like really looking just to get started in a journey in fitness or is it you know people who are really fit and looking to sort of take their fitness and their their you know um running or whatever it might be to the next level it's both actually it's it's a lot of yeah both and i have clients that i see in person and i have clients that um are online um that some of them have training programs um, sent to them like weekly and they, we never speak. We never even talk like this, um, but we're always in contact seven days a week via message or email. And I have clients that just want kind of mentoring that just want to check in to, um, yeah, check into somebody daily. So it's a mm. mixture, yeah, combination. So like someone to sort of hold them accountable in a way. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's useful I, I, to have, right? Yeah. I'm new to all this. Like, um, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, your um, your other job, Tris. So, like, before I became fit, I was, like, I was really, really good at drinking cider. Like, <laughs> amazing. And that's literally what I did. I ran people's businesses for them, and I, I drunk a lot, and I partied, and I got paid to do that. It was awesome. And then... Um, yeah, had a bit of a life change. So yeah, I know what it's like to suddenly change my life from, you know, definitely crazy kind of party times, eating shit, not doing any movement at all. Um, and then suddenly change it all and become, I guess, um, relatively fit and well. So um, yeah, I think because I have that experience, I wasn't born a, um, you know, I wasn't born a sports person at all let's say so yeah it's interesting isn't it I think I don't know if, if I I'm, I used to be really good at drinking I'm terrible at it now um which is a, <laughs> definitely a bit of a um uh oh, what do you call it when your job's dangerous hazardous uh <laughs> <laughs> uh it's a hazard in the workplace i suppose yeah um occupational hazard that's what i was thinking of. <laughs> um yeah and you know what it's i think it's partly because i lost weight i mean i was never never big um but um you know shaved off probably four or five kilos of fat which yeah. i think was helping to sort of um store some of that alcohol um yeah. in some weird biological way I, I don't know I, I still think you have hollow legs having having been in a night out or two with you and uh yeah but do you know what Jay I mean since I started doing um low carb oh god my drinking capacity's plummeted even further uh, it's pathetic and I used to be the guy that everyone was like oh my god like how does Tristan drink like that where does he put it because I'm small um you know I've got I used to have friends that could out drink me but they were much bigger than me pound for pound I was pound for mil uh, I was, uh, I was, I was quite good at it. Now I'm dreadful, honestly. You just changed uh, disciplines. Yeah, it's, it's different kind of endurance now, isn't it? That's yeah, I'd thing. like to see them drink as many electrolytes mm -hmm. <laughs> and get a lot of water. <laughs> 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 um, 
But shots of energy gels you're talking about. I'm pretty good at that. Could be a new night out. <laughs> but I do think, um, to your point, Tracy, there's, I, I meet a lot of people in, um, in, in ultra running and endurance sports um, who seem to have at some point had a real lifestyle change, sort of an epiphany where, and more often than not, they've come from a background of being, you know, perhaps slightly abusive towards their bodies, not paying a lot of respect in terms of the food they put in, the exercise they do, the amount of alcohol, drugs, whatever that's going in there. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's like this sort of, this moment of like realization that actually you can, you can, well, first of all, it pays to look after your body because your life's just a nicer place to live in when your, your body's in good shape. But also you can channel some of those perhaps addictive tendencies towards mm. physical endeavor uh, or towards, you know, what nutrition you're putting in your body, what your macros look like, you know, or how to cook this dish that's got this amount of protein, this amount of fat, all, all these different things that sort of surround the ecosystem of wellness and fitness. Um, and, I, you know, if I, if I sound like I know what I'm talking about, it's because it's pretty much the way it's gone for me. You know, <laughs> Yeah, it's the way I feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely just kind of, yeah, swapped long nights of drinking for long, long runs on the trails. So, yeah. 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 I think and it attracts people happier. with extremes, doesn't it? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I don't know if there is such a thing as a healthy addiction. Um, like you, Tris, I, I know I've bumped into lots of people who, you know, um, as you, as you chat to people on runs, you find out a lot of their background, you know, you, you talk, you talk to strangers on runs, I think like you would talk to your best friends sometimes, or even more, you know, cause you, it's something about being in that moment where you can just spill so many thoughts that have just come into your head and you spill it to a complete stranger. You, you hook up with for three or four miles and then, you know, you don't see them again. It's always like a um uh, uh what would you call it um nobody's judging you know judging free mm-hmm. if you like um and so you learn lots about people i've learned you know people's relationship past and addiction past and all sorts of stuff and you just know them as bob or jane when you did that run for three or four miles and you wave to them at the end and that's it you're gone and and you know more than maybe some of their best friends but i definitely think it it draws in people who are um life living life at the extremes, maybe finding out where the barriers are with things and, and pushing a bit too far and then having to change direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. I mean, it's, if you think about it, it does, it's not surprising, is it? I mean, when you're into sort of trail running, especially at ultra distances, that's exactly the name of the game, isn't it? It's like, right, well, that was hard. Let's see what else I can do that's even harder. I wonder how far this, this ride goes. And, you know, it's the same sort of principles that apply to having a good time on a night out, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, a long stag weekend where you don't go to bed kind of thing. Um, I don't think it's surprising at all that it attracts those same people. I mean, it would be surprising if ultra running attracted people who weren't didn't have a sort of extreme um, element to their personality because it's an extreme sport. And if if you if you don't like extreme things, then you're really not going to like running for 12 hours nonstop. Mm. <laughs> absolutely very true it's um i think kind of um tracy you first popped up on my radar i was just trying to think back where and i think we bumped into each other through my work but when when you kind of stood out was when i heard about your costa rica um five day stuff and that blew my mind um in terms of 
taking on a challenge because I'd heard of lots and lots of ultras and multi-stage stuff I've worked on and things like that, but I'd never heard of the Costa Rica five-day thing. And and then when when I heard that you'd done it, it was kind of one of those moments when you realise that somebody you know has done something like way out there on the on the scale. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the Costa Rica five-day thing? Yeah, so um, it actually started. It's re- really strange. Like a, a mate of mine passed away, and um, I was. I, to be honest, I was sat having a bit of a, you know, red wine that night when I found out. And then I was just on Facebook and um, there was this like ad came up. Do you have kind of what it takes to do this challenge? So we're going back before TCC now to the Run the World Adventure Costa Rica mm-hmm. um, challenge that I did at first. And then I was like, ah, you know, and it said, can you run a marathon in sub four? And I hadn't run a marathon, by the way, by at this point, I'd like. I hadn't even... But you had drunk some wine. I drunk some wine, um, but that wasn't like... (laughs) I had been running, (laughs) so I was used to running, but not ultras and not marathons or anything like that. And I was just like, do I have what it it takes? And somebody had messaged me, um, have you seen this thing on Facebook? I think you should go for it. And then it came into my path that night when I had some red wine, thinking about Stuart, bless him. And I thought fuck it, I'm going to, I'm going to like, why, why not? I'm going to apply for this. And they were like, oh, you know, what's your marathon time? And I literally wrote, I haven't ever run a marathon. And then they were like, you know, so and going through all of this kind of um, history of running. And I was like, well, actually, I've only just really started running um, this, that and the other, but I can do a half marathon in this. And I'm just about to, I will be doing the London marathon because I got into the London marathon. And anyway, like, I'd been drinking, so I, I didn't think that I was going to hit anything back from this. And then the, I think it was two days later at like 3 a.m. our time, I get a message from Pablo Rodriguez saying, yo, like we want to consider you as one of the 16 people Whoa. to do this challenge. And I was like, oh, shit. And I, and I said to him <laughs> then, like, I said to him, you do know I haven't run a marathon before, don't you? And he was like, yeah, it's cool. Like you're going to, so we'll see what happens. And then I got to London and, um, I realized then I should really take my training like mega seriously because I was going to Costa Rica, um, the following January. And I was like, Oh no. Anyway, um, London didn't turn out to be sub four. It was four eleven in the end. Um, but I had a really good time and that was the main thing. So I was just like, you know, high-fiving all the kids at the side, on the left-hand side, taking the sweets people were giving me, having just a, a, a blast. Came God, you wouldn't be doing that in a COVID world, would you? <laughs> no, no. Then, at least you were taking sweets off kids rather than giving it to them as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like snatching it off them like, oh, I love that. And then, um, and then, so I got to the end of London and I was like, oh dear, like I'm 11 minutes over. So I contacted Pablo and just said, oh, I didn't do it, um, but I'm happy to run another one next month to prove to you that I can do it in under four. And he was like, oh no, don't, you don't have to prove yourself. Like you're coming kind of thing. So I was like, all right, cool. So um, then I thought, oh, I better do an ultra. So I did my first classic <laughs> quarter and that was like six weeks later, I think, six, seven weeks later, I did my first classic quarter. And then about seven weeks later, I did my first 100K on St. George's Walk up and down. Um, and then I, that January after that, I went to Costa Rica. 
So I didn't know what I was letting myself in for. I turned up on my own um, seven days before and start training 5K before breakfast, 5K before lunch, 5K before dinner so that I could get used to the, you know, the climate and like running hungry over there in the heat and the humidity. And um, I did that for like six days and then um, went to San Jose to meet the rest of the gang. And then literally next morning, we're all up at like 3 a.m. heading up to the Cerro de la Merte, the second highest mountain range of Costa Rica. And then we're, we're, we're running. We're running for six days. It was just unbelievable. Well, it's unbelievable since you were sort of pounding bottles of red wine whilst going through the application process. <laughs> Probably didn't even remember you'd done it. And then, uh, oh, next thing I know, I need to run back-to-back ultra marathons in preparation for a six-day jaunt around Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of like that. And then huh. I realised, I realised as well that like after Madness of King George, the Bisvican um 100k that was like mega hot it's like 32 degrees and lunchtime which was great you know for Cornwall um I realized then I was going into real cold training so I um started uh, steam room training so I'd go to a steam room locally and just jog on the spot and squat in um intervals for as long as I could before I felt like I was going to you know pass out or be sick (laughs) and then (laughs) And I did, I did that, like, it was, it's ridiculous, but it was, I will say it was really good training because the moment I got off the bus in Dominical, it was like a steam room, like it was really, really hot. And and I was like, oh, thank God I did that because now I know I can at least jog on the spot and do a few squats. And then, um, and then, yeah, we just started running and it was it was just, I had to learn as I went. I li- literally ran by feel, learned as I went. And, um, and that was my, that was, that was the, when the love for the, the multi-day started. I was like, I need so much more of this. <laughs> do you, you, I mean, have you, do you want to, do you want to take this moment to apologize to anyone that was trying to use that steam room? Um, <laughs> maybe having a relaxing sort of honeymoon break in the spa. <laughs> with, you know. And you're there doing squats while they're sort of, you know, silently glancing at each other like, what the hell is wrong with this woman? Should we pull, should we pull the emergency cord? Because she's clearly lost her mind from heat exhaustion. It actually, it actually got to the point where no one ended up coming in the steam room with me. So I think I was just no, like, no shit. You know, that, you, know, <laughs> you know that weird character that you see, like, oh my God, stay away from her. It was a bit like that. It is very reminiscent of Laird Hamilton, though. You know, the, I mean, well, surfer. extreme athlete, yeah. but surfer, most famous for surfing and a lot of water sports, really. He does, um, he gets on one of those aero bikes in the sauna oh. and has to wear oven gloves to not burn his hands on the handlebars. And then he'll just, he'll pump the sauna up to, you know, some crazy temperature, like 80 degrees Celsius or something, and then cycle on this bike. Um which no. is nuts. I mean, if it was anyone other than Laird Hamilton, I'd say that he'll be found dead in that sauna one day, but he seems to be superhuman, that guy. Or, or yeah, not yeah. human at all, maybe. Yeah, or not. Yeah. That's quite tall. It's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what were the conditions like in terms of, you know, temperatures, uh, wee crawly things, um, sleeping at night? What, what, what was all that like? 
So like temperature was, when we got to the top of Cerro de la Merte, it was actually really cold. And um, obviously because we were on top of a mountain. Mm. And then, um, but as we start really wet, like um, really, really wet. And the trails were like, just so thick with mud. It was like, oh. And were they actual trails or just kind of, you know, anything like we would recognize as a trail or was it just a a path between some vegetation? Oh no. Yeah, no, nothing like, it's not like our trails here. It's literally a path, yeah. And um, some, like there was one point where I literally had to like slide down on my bum. It was so steep, like proper steep. You're just trashing quads the whole time, rolling ankles, like it's just crazy um vegetation wise like you have to be really careful because like the the plants out there will slice you you know you don't don't put your hand on a tree to try and um steady yourself because it's it's prickly and spiky and don't try and grab something because you're probably going to slice your hand so it was a bit um unnerving at first to be honest with you um and that's why i said like that point where i just thought i'm gonna have to go down on my bum there was a load of us that did it because you know, if you start falling, you can't really hold on to anything. So just, just slide mm. down, like just easier. Um, then it started getting really hot, like proper hot, like, but real sweaty because it's really, really humid, which I love. I I love the kind of humid heat. Um, but nighttime actually cooled down quite a lot when we were in the mountains. So for the first two nights, it's quite cool. And then when we hit the Pacific on night three, and then we were kind of running um, down to the Panama border, that was that was warm, really, really warm at night as well. But Did you ever get that feeling of how did little old me end up here doing this? Yeah, I really did. So you had um, a little bit of, was... um, what do they call it? Um, Impo- imposter imposter syndrome. syndrome, that's it. Yeah. Absolutely, because at this point, right, so there were 16 of us that were, you know, kind of like chosen. We'd gone all through this application process and there were Ironmen there, ex-Marines. Like these people were, I mean, you know, really good friends now to this day. But these these guys were amazing. Like, and the Bailey brothers, the Bailey brothers yeah, from, yeah. Mark Ooh, and, you know, really good, Mark and Jason, yeah. really good runners, you know. Um, and then just some of these people were just like, and I really was like, what like you know there was loads of what the fuck moments to be honest like (laughs) oh my god but it just carried on just carried on plowing through and how many people are running in total so 16 of us well actually there were the 16 started and then um one guy had to one guy left literally after the event brief he flew home (laughs) i think he I think he had, I think he had family issues, but he was there one day and then on the start, he was gone. I just said, fuck and this. Then... Yeah. Family <laughs> issues in, in, in like inverted yeah. commas. Yeah. Like, the family issue is I need to get back to my family immediately. <laughs> fuck this. There's, yeah. there's spiky so slicey that. trees out there. Fuck that shit. <laughs> well, it's so funny because on the event brief, like on the event brief, there's one thing they said to us and it was one thing very, very clear. And the clear thing was, if you're stupid, you will die. And we were like... <laughs> Oh. oh, so he was probably okay. just stupid, right? He just identified it. It's like, <laughs> like oh, okay, I'll go home. And then, it's smart um, enough to go home. Yeah. yeah, so 16, and then there was 15 of us, and then we had um, a guy called uh, Sergio Sanchez. He's amazing. He was um, one of the, the kind of tour guides, Pablo, um, and we had Esteban, and um, I think there was 
some other couple of people. Um, we always had quite a lot of runners, like run guides with us. And then um, people would meet us um, along the way or we would go to like little like home, homes, like homestead kind of things, farms, and people would cook for us. So we would have loads of water and um, fruit and food along the way. And we stayed in various different people's properties along the way. So like first night was in a coffee plantation and we stayed in like a converted stable. Um, and then the second night was a yoga center and then, the third night was down in Dominica. So it's like lots of different, you know, places. So we met lots of locals, lots of Ticos along the way, which was awesome. And um, and then after that, I was just like, this guy, Sergio, he um, was race director of the Coastal Challenge, which is the um, race that they have there a few weeks after. So like in February, um, but it's longer. Um, they It's like 230K. And I was just like, okay, yep. Yeah, I'm going to go for that. So I think there's like a hundred people that start that race, um, in the expedition, um, race, which is a two thirty, And so then I came home and I just trained exactly the same way as I had trained for this race, um, for, for the event, sorry. And we went back, me and my partner pony, um, went back and then we did a race. So from an adventure to an actual race. Which was, is that a single stage race, that coastal challenge? No, that's, it, that's multi-stage. It's multi-stage. again, it's like six days again, um, but it's slightly different route. Um, you start like in this bay just near Manuel Antonio, and then um, you camp. We've got tents. We take tents, and then we get to our camp for that night, put up our tent, and then people cook for us, and then we um, have race brief, and then we go to bed, and then we get waken up at three o'clock in the morning, and then it goes again and again and again and again. And, again. and it's cumulative so that, time for each stage is, is the win, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have got no idea. I probably should have. I probably should looked that up. I've got no idea of my mine or pony's time. I've got no idea. I just know that we had like probably the best six days of our lives. <laughs> That's what counts, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that I guess the the so it's all, all along the coast in Costa Rica that one. Yeah, and there's ah uh, it's kind of like you know it, it's it is and it isn't it's it's inland um kind of like kind of mountainous but not. It's like um I've got it written down here. There's I like guess you you're never 30s. too far from the coast. No, no, no. Yeah, not really. Because, yeah, you're not really. You are. You do kind of go head out into the hills quite a lot, mm. um, and then you come down normally later on that day, and then stay near the coast, and then head up again, things like that. It's like thirty-three thousand feet of elevation that one over the six days. So it's not like super high elevation, but the conditions and the heat mean that actually that and actually the climb some of the climbs are like ridiculous like you're scrambling and it's 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 mud and you're holding on to like roots because you've got to be careful what you hold on to and so you there's a lot everyone had poles except for me and pony it seemed um it's like and on day three I really wish I'd had poles because it was like all kind of river boulders and a river running and I was just falling around like I had half a leg it was horrendous um but you know like say we just we we got to the end i think only 65 people got to the end of out of the hundreds so 
you know, I was pleased to be one of the 65. Yeah. It's quite, quite a right. attrition rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're looking at a kind of even more extreme and certainly hotter and humid version of the coast, the, the coast path in Cornwall or the southwest coast path, let's say. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the sort of highest elevation it goes up to? Do you know? <laughs> They go high, like say, I don't know what the Southwest Coast Pass highest elevation is probably what, like 80 meters, something like that, maybe 100 meters. Does it go higher than that? You're getting like really high. I'm going to, I'm going to, yes. That's what I'm going to. Let's just say. go with yes. Yeah. yeah. That sounds, <laughs> yes. anything you can say that makes it sound super extreme, just go along <laughs> with it. Okay. And there's daggers. Yeah. And wolves. <laughs> Polar well, bears. There's, there's, yeah. There was, um, and jaguars and pumas. Um, <laughs> But speaking of which, what was the wildlife like? Were there any interesting snakes and spiders that utterly terrified you? Um, no, because I lived in Australia for a year. Oh, right. Oh, you're conditioned to awful, awful things. All of God's creatures. (laughs) Yeah, I tell you what is scary is the crocodiles over there. So like the alligators or crocodiles, I can't remember what they call them over there, but they're, they're a bit scary. Like that is quite a scary thing. How many of those did you see? well, on the run, I didn't see any. But um, after the run, when we were like holidaying, mm. we saw we saw quite a few. So then it's like, oh, I was running near here and there was crocs. And oh, we crossed that river. Oh, there's crocs. So yeah. Yeah, was, I guess you have your you running know, focus on. You're not looking for those two little eyes and two little nostrils coming up out of the water. <laughs> and you, you're, you know, you're looking, you know, where's my pack and, you know, what's in there and, and this pocket here and have a bit of a juice. And this is crocodile kind of like paddling along behind you, you know, ch- chewing yeah. on your electrolyte drip off and stuff like that. It's, oh, yeah. wow, man. No, cro- yeah, was, crocodiles don't really F about. Cool. No, they don't. It was, it was, they're quite small there, though. They're not massive. They're not big ones. Oh, they're j- not just, like... just a shin rather than a whole leg, then? Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. You can run on one leg. Yeah, you just run on top of it like um, that James Bond movie. <laughs> was it Live and Let Die, I think, where he hops along the crocodiles? <laughs> in your lens, isn't it? In the swamp. That's it, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that might be a feature they add, just like one of the technical sections, crocodile hopping. Oh, dear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so uh, you, you just, well, there's, there's quite a lot going on for you at the moment. You've, you've picked up, uh, quite a prestigious award quite recently, um, which you oh, should yeah. be rightly proud of. You forgot about that. You just moved I on keep, to the next thing. I, <laughs> no, I just, I keep, I do keep forgetting about that, but yeah, that did happen. That was really cool. Yeah. Thanks. So you were, you were, yeah. get me, let me get this right. You were PT of the South, PT of the year Southwest. Southwest England, yeah. Southwest England, yeah. yeah. So how did that, how did that feel? That felt really good, actually. It felt a bit, again, like you know, the little old me. How did this yeah. kind of happen, kind of thing? It was really cool. But the judges were talking about like um, they they were impressed by a, a sense of community that they felt that I I kind of brought to my clients, I guess, and that was really nice. And that I focus on the whole wellness thing, so yeah it's cool. uh, good work congratulations yeah and I, I know you, you're you're quite humble about it all but at some point you are gonna have to realize little old me is is quite good at stuff oh uh, well yeah okay well um, we're, we're, uh, I, I think 
I think I'm Don't embarrass her, Jay. This is going to turn really awkward otherwise. <laughs> She'll close up. Keep her talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, yeah, you've done uh, a, a huge challenge in the last couple of days, really. You just finished as well. And um, I know you're not a fan per se of the organized races. I, I don't know if to say you're not a fan is the right thing, but it's not It's not your thing, no, especially. Not, no. uh, it doesn't suit you um, in terms of your, your, your running goals and in terms of the kind of the arbitrary nature of race dates and things like that. And, and, and you enjoy a different style of running. Um, yeah. so you, you quite like setting yourselves, um, some pretty extreme challenges. Um, you completed, uh, I came along and ran one of the lighter sections with you when you did the North coast challenge, which is yeah. 145 miles. 145, except I got lost on the first night um, for a really long time. It felt like um, two nights. But yeah, so I, that, that worked out to be 150 miles. But yeah, it was, yeah. Which, which doesn't there. sound that much, does it? But five miles in, in the scheme of things there is quite a lot. It's, it's it was yeah for shits and giggles just throwing in the loops oh my god <laughs> i was yeah i was actually losing my mind at that point but wasn't it in a field yeah, right at the start or something like that it was in a field at crack like near crackington haven and that was just like i just kept going round and round and round and i was like I've seen this fucking gate before. <laughs> Run around. Ah, it's a gate. Oh my God, end, it must have been a big field for you not to realise what was going on. <laughs> it was unbelievable, seriously. And I kept seeing the same thing. And in the end, I, you know, when you just can't get out, it felt like, you know, one of these awful dreams, you're in a maze and it's this awful dream. And I thought, right. So I said to my, um, my support runner, my running wife, P-Head, I just said, right, we, we're going to have to like, get over to that road now. And she's like, oh yeah, we just run down the road. And I was like, well, we can't because I've got to get back to the coast path. So we're going to have to go over onto the road. It's dark at this time and misly and wet and gross, but really hot. And um, so then we had to run back and then we were literally back at Crackington Haven again. <laughs> and then running back along the coast path, like where we got lost and almost made the same bloody mistake again. Oh. I was like... You know, when you just go, oh, this is where it was. And then, yeah. yeah, literally almost did it again, but didn't. And then spirits, you know, they were they were fine when we were back on the coast path again and then just bumbled along. Yeah. And so you did cool. that overnight. And, and how, how long did it take you to do, to do the 150? It took me 66 hours and 30 minutes. Um, I had a bit of problem with my feet. Um, I've never, my feet have never blown up before. Like even in TCC, you have like, you, if you run in Costa Rica for six days, you're going to get some blisters. That's like goes without saying, you know, I gaffer taped my feet up a few days in a row. There's nothing else really sticks out there. And then, um, but it wasn't like, but suddenly this, this, this challenge on that first night it was really really there was a storm so I was running through a storm um on the first section of the night but it was really humid as well and really wet and I got my feet got mega wet and then um I didn't realize how bad they were until we got into Port Isaac and the next morning and I was like well I think I think I need to change my shoes and my socks and then I just pulled two of my own toenails off at that point because I knew that they I mean they were it was gross and I just knew they were going to be a major problem. So I just 
pulled them off there and then. Um, Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> I approve very much. Yeah, just like... Get rid of them. Get, get rid. They're not doing um, anything. They're just getting in the way. <laughs> Stupid things. And then um, carried on running and then um, noticed that the feet were getting they were getting really quite bad. You could tell they were getting quite infected and um, the blisters under the toes and all, literally the whole foot was just one big kind of blister. Um, And I'd scheduled a sleep break in at Watergate Bay. Um, I think that's around mile 75, 80 or something like that. And I scheduled in and I'd been, I'd wrecked this many times. So I'd gone out running through the night so I'd run and got to Watergate Bay, slept from 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. and then ran again. So I did this a couple of times in my training and I just just to kind of get myself in the frame of mind that I was going to do that because I know what I'm like and I normally would like to push on. So I was like, no, I've got to do that. So me and P-Head um, had a lay down and she needed to sleep as well. I needed my crew to be like more awake than me, obviously. Um, but I had three hours of no sleep, just laying in the most intense pain and with a massive temperature. I was sweating pints. It was gross. And then um, when P had woke up, we had a look at my feet. She's like, how are you? I was like, my, my feet are just so painful. I've never felt anything like this. Had a look and they were just like big gecko toes and just the blisters and it was just gross. So um, I sucked it up and put my shoes back on and, and we carried on and that, that was tough. But I was really Bloody lucky. Hell, I that... bet it was tough. That's oh, uh, was... that's some commitment. I think it at that was... point, most people would be like, "Right, let's go put these feet in the sea and call it a day there." You know? Yeah. No, I'm a bit stupid like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would. Yeah, I never knew. I never know when to stop. And then, um, and then I'm really lucky that I've got a doctor on my crew. So we called my doctor. Uh, it's Carolyn, and she turned up at. Perimporf and she um kind of she did the whole kind of foot blister surgery thing which was just horrendous so I had an hour of just foot torture it was but Aidan Jepson turned up at that point with two pieces of cake vegan cake for me yeah and and I was allowed to eat them both because Karen said that I needed sugar while she did that. And I had two massive pieces. It's awesome. And I was meant to share them with Pony, but I didn't because I was the one having foot surgery. Oh, it's awesome. I think so when you're having like, that done to your feet, you get both the bits of cake. That's, exactly. that's That's in the rule book. Yeah. And then after that, like, there was a lot of relief. There was, like, loads and loads of relief. And, um, and she, um, yeah, we had to had to go into had to use some medication at that point as well because they were getting really quite infected but there was a lot of release and then I could run again which was great and then um yeah and then I had to have another stop when I saw you just after I saw you Jay um because the feet started to hurt and then Carolyn did another bit of foot surgery on me yeah my enduring image of you was sat in a car boot with Carolyn doing your feet while you ate a load of roast veggies Broccoli. Uh, was it, it was broccoli? That broccoli. was it. Yeah. And and it, all I wanted was broccoli. I'm glad you couldn't see your feet because I could see both the feet and the food, and one was definitely putting me off the other. <laughs> it was some <laughs> ugly stuff going on under the soles of your feet. I have to say, it's I lucky know. your feet and your mouth are at opposite ends of your body oh, in man, situations yeah. like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't eat for two days after that. That was grim. 
<laughs> I, I've got to be honest with you. This is really bad, but nothing, nothing puts me off food. I've never been put. Oh, off I food. wish I'd have taken I... a picture. It looked like something from a sci-fi <laughs> movie. You know, when someone gets sprayed with like the alien chemical and their face just blisters up and fills with pus. It was some <laughs> yeah. nasty-looking toes, there, woman. Yeah, it was. That was pretty painful. How you were running on them? Oh, yeah. It was. It was. It was. It was ultra painful. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, and then, oh, we decided at that point that we I needed probably an hour sleep at St Ives because I knew that most of my energy was going into dealing with the pain, and and I was leaving myself very little for the actual you know last section of the run. So we had an hour sleep, but again, I couldn't sleep. I was my temperature was soaring, and I was just laying there shivering cold, but um, sweating pints. It was just like ridiculous. And You're then, fighting um, off infection, then? Do you think? Yeah, I was yeah. on antibiotics. I've been given antibiotics at this point, anyway. So, um, I mean, it's you know, this is not this is this is not clever in any way, but I set myself a goal and it was to get to the end. So that was what I was going to do. I didn't care how long it took me, um, but I was going to get to the end. If there was a point where, um, you know, Carolyn had said that I had to stop, I would have respected her decision and I would have stopped. Um, that's, that's a hard position to put Carolyn in, but I do respect her as, you know, as a friend, as crew and as a doctor to do that. But um, at the, at that that point, you know, I, we, it looked like I could carry on, so I did. And then um, that next section from St. Ives to Zena was just slower than a slow thing, and it was wet, and it was full of cow shit. So I've got infected open feet that are just getting infected by more shit. It was gross. Um, and I hit an all-time low around between Gurner's Head and Pendine, I think it was. It was like that was – I literally just – could just did not want to carry on um but I got back up and carried on and then finished and and yeah that's <laughs> so Crackington Haven to Land's End was the total route is that right no from Marsland Mouth which right. is the it's like the um Cornwall Devon border to Land's End so okay. it's the entire north coast of Cornwall down to Land's End yeah yeah, it's like 25,000 feet elevation, and the first 10,000 feet are um, to Port Isaac, so over that first night. Yeah, that section there between like Bude and Port Isaac is um, horrendous. Uh, it's so up and down, hey? I mean, mm -hmm. I've, I've, I say run. I've frequented that part of the coast path with the intention of moving quickly in the past, mm -hmm. and... Um, it does start to get a little bit easier after Port Isaac, for sure. But the bit before yeah. is, I haven't done all of it. I'm not as far up north as, as you're talking about. But Oh, you yeah. should try um, Marsland Mouth to um, Duckport. It's seven miles. And it's like, it's just ridiculous. It's like up and then it's down and then it's up and then it's down. You don't even get, you know, like when you go up. And then you go, oh, I can have a little bit of running. Do, 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 down. It's not like that. It's up and then it's down. Kind of like yeah, crocodile's You can't really teeth. run any of that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can't really run any of that, can you? Because it's too steep to run down and you're just going to hurt yeah. yourself. And then yeah. you certainly can't run up. And then, like you say, there's no, there's no real flat bit at the bottom or the top. So no. you're just clambering. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, depressingly slow, those sections, aren't they? It can take you hours to do, you know, just five or ten miles. 
Yeah. And I, I think there's yeah. about the same number of people have done, I'm not comparing it completely to Barclay, but there's only 15 people done the North Coast Challenge, I think. And I think there's only about 15 done Barclay. So it's, it's uh... only 11, 11 people, only 11 people have completed it. 15 people have attempted, ah. only 11 completed. So yeah, pretty, mm. pretty rare challenge. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like fighting talk. No, it sounds, it sounds like something that needs adding to the bucket list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go on, Tris. Yeah, that sounds like you fun. Yeah. Well, um, Jamie good. and I, my brother Jamie, have a, a plan at some point in the future to attempt the entire Southwest Coast Path mm-hmm. um, FKT, which um, I don't, can't even remember how long that is, but I know it takes something around nine or 10 days. 620 miles or something. Yeah, Um, so that's on the list, but I don't think it's going to happen next year. We've already got events booked up and races and things like that, but maybe 23, we'll have a crack at that. Um, Well, well, here's the lady to tell us about the the first section of that anyway, because you... Yeah, exactly. You have just done how many miles? So I've just just done from Kreml um on the south coast so this is a diy project um this is the things that i i really love to do i love to go out and just pick a route and um go and do it solo really so i did from kremel um south coast to land's end and then i thought as in the planning i thought well while you're at land's end because land's end i will say is the worst place to end a race of your life because especially in the summer there's so many people it's not that kind of after being on your own on the coast path and then you suddenly end at land's end it's like it's it's not the best feeling so I was like well where would I like to end well I'd like to end in my front door so why don't I just run back to Gudrevi along like the north coast so I did that Um, so just to clarify you're adding how many miles on at that point see right so this is the problem with me because they call me one-eyed egg because I I plan things and then I get lost a lot. And then sometimes I don't plan things as right as I should. So I think on the coast path, like distance calculator, you know, when you go on Southwest coast, it's, it's meant because I don't track anything. So I often like, like look at runs by using distance calculator. Um, It says it's like 189 or 190 miles. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, that's cool. That's like 200 miles, like we've run into and from campsites because I was staying in campsites every night. But um, I got lost a few times um, and I had to take a GP. I didn't have to, but my partner pony wanted me to take GPS for me in my bag um, just in case I got into any problems. So um, I clocked up 211 miles in the end. But uh, yeah, so it went over. But that's so me. It, I wasn't expecting it to be any other way. So where, where was it you started? Because I didn't recognise the name of the place. Can you describe where it is? Kremel Ferry, which is um, right next to Mount Edgecombe, um, like, park. Um, like so down near Plymouth, really, Saltash Way. Ah, uh, okay. It's, it's on the, so again, it's the um, Cornwall-Devon border. Hmm. And then Got I ran, you. yeah, ran down. And so I did it in, again, multi-stage. And I slept every night, which was like, um, it was pretty cool. Um, and it meant I didn't need any support runners um, this time. And because I wanted it to be a real solo adventure where it was just me and and me. So, yeah. And my partner, Pony, he drove the van to the campsites um, to meet me. And then he was crewing me, um, but not every like five 
eight miles as you would on NCC. It was like, see you in 16, then mm. then maybe see you in eight if it's a really kind of um, remote area. But if it wasn't, I was just buying coffee from the local coffee shops because it was, I like to um, celebrate the local small businesses. So I was buying everything I needed along the way, smoothies, you know, vegan brownies, more smoothies, more vegan brownies, stuff like that. And then um, Pony was just in the other places where, you know, I felt like I might need something else. And then I would run back to, yeah, we'd run back to the campsite. Um, and then I'd run from the campsite every day. What an yeah. adventure. It was amazing. It so was when did you do that? Oh, I, I finished it on Wednesday, just gone. So I started <laughs> last Friday and then, yeah, ran through, finished on Wednesday. And I think I was home like just after 2 p.m. And I had this ace got home and then I sorted out the whole of the van and then I had a shower and I did all the washing and Honestly, you were working today you were working today yeah 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 so just for anyone <laughs> listening this is like 48 hours ago you finished in that case or for 50 hours ago exactly in Two, fact. 200 yeah. plus yeah. miles 50 odd hours ago and you were working this morning with PT clients uh yeah it was more um kind of mentoring clients yeah okay. so yeah co- coaching clients but I was working yeah I've been working how's, your, seven how's your body feeling it feels epic I went for a run this morning um I <laughs> ran just <laughs> I ran 20 uh, just 20 minutes because I don't want to I feel like I could run a long way today but that's that's stupid so it's just 20 minutes and then tomorrow will be probably 20 minutes and then maybe rest and then 30 minutes you know kind of build it up slowly but your um, life again. is about constant movement isn't it you are always moving yeah. and and your training yeah. is almost continuous it's absolutely yeah and it's long that they're, they're long they're like real kind of endurance training so it's just yeah some days could be could be four and a half hours of yeah movement but you do you do yeah. run Very and train mindful. to feel don't you yeah, absolutely. Only by Phil. Yeah, I don't, like I say, I don't track anything. So I don't wear a watch. So I never know what my heart rate's doing. I just know how it feels. Um, I only ever run. So if I can hold a conversation while I run, then I'm at the right pace for myself. Yeah. This is for me. It's not obviously everyone's different. Um, and at that pace, I can go forever. Um, and at that pace, I can eat. So I need to, I eat a lot. And I, again, I eat totally by Phil. Um, what ha- what works one day might not work the next day. So whatever I fancy, I'll get. Like I eat a lot of grapefruit on the run, loads and loads of fruit. Um, fancy broccoli quite a lot. Um, vegan brownies, smoothies, stuff like that. So, but it has to be totally by by feel with me. And if yeah, if I need something, I'll just I'll go off course if I have to to go and get it from some local cafe or something. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's often the case that if you fancy something, your body's trying to tell you that this is the thing you need, right? Yeah. Um, although I have done long endurance runs before where I thought, hmm, I could kill a pasty right now. But I'm not convinced that a pasty in my tummy would be the best. I tried it. It didn't work fuel. for me. Yeah, yeah. Actually, a pasty took you out of the arc of attrition, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, mountain chilling pasty. Single-handedly yeah. <laughs> took you out. It's just... The thing is... Found me wanting. Yeah. It's a shame, right? Because a pasty seems like ideal food for running, right? I think it's I just the, convinced myself 
that it was a holdable, eatable snack and and just basically gave myself a, a food coma. And um, yeah, that, it, was a, it was a bad choice. It was a silly choice to do. I was trying to be overly Cornish. I think that was the problem. Less yeah, more. you're taking a picture for Instagram. Here I am on my run with my pasty, <laughs> with my Cornish. I'm being, next exactly. thing you know, you're collapsed. It's out. On the trail. Yeah, what a tosser. oh um (laughs) so um you've done the north coast challenge you've run the south coast um you have done some pretty epic things um what what's next oh so much isn't there so so much what's next Um, week (laughs) yeah next week um so I've got, what have I got? Oh yeah, so I do have next month, um, I'm running 44 miles with my brother. We're raising money for um, an epilepsy charity, I think. Um, my my brother's, um, he's just got into running as well, like when I started, kind of, maybe not when I started running, but like in the last few years. But we, we do it, he's very similar to me in the fact that total run by Phil and not on a non-race kind of um, environment. We do it so we can make memories and spend some time together. Um, And it's just a great way to do that because it's long. You know, like if you're going to run 44 miles with your brother and eat along the way, that's a really full day. It's a great day to be had. So we've got that in a month, I think it is, um, next month. Oh, no, it's after the... I've got the wrap, 32-mile wrap. Um, So, yeah, so... So Keb, Keb's Instagram famous. feed is basically full of pictures of you and him with him looking like he's been completely tortured and is, is at the end of life and you stood behind him making a smiley face. It's like, yeah. it, it, it's like you have a pet called Kevin and, and, and you're making him do a thousand burpees every time. Poor, poor Kev, he's such a nice guy. I know. Well, the thing is, when we were young, right, I used to feed him soap in the bath, right? And I can't <laughs> I can't do that anymore. He's my younger brother. I can't do that anymore. So instead, I'm like, <laughs> how can I torture you? <laughs> so, <laughs> it is the prerogative of an older sister to ridicule a younger brother, right? I mean, yeah. that's in your nature. He loves it. He does love it, bless him. He but does. It's, just, it's nice. It's a, it's a healthy relationship. We have a really good relationship. And, yeah, it's about making memories. And, and that's why I, I do these these events as well and the kind of DIY projects because along the way, like, you just get really cool people together. Like, my NCC, that, you know, I know that was really – it's probably – you know, quite harrowing for you, Jay, to be sat there watching that happen to my feet. But at that point, you were there, Sam was there, you know, Carolyn was there. It was just... Dave the, came along, picked, Sally. Dave, Dave, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, come, come. Bert came down, there were loads of people there. there. Everyone was there. And it, these, there was different points, you know, of the, of the day or the day. It wasn't a day, was it? It felt like a really long day of the three days where... I just sat there going, oh, my God, this is just, I just feel so grateful to have these people in my life. And and we're all coming together for this really weird thing that I'm doing to myself. You're the real deal, though, I have to say. So, you know, a lot of people, um, yeah. myself included, um, look at what you do sometimes and just think, wow, you know, you go, that's, that's, that's the bar, you know. It's, um, uh, and, and not even because you want to go out and, and do a course or something like that, just because... 
you want to go out and, and be in nature and, and move, which is quite epic, actually. Yeah, it's it's. I just want to be um, present a lot of the time, and I think it's quite hard in today's life to be totally present because we, you know, we get all tied up with all other things that are going on. Um, disconnection is a really important thing for me, and then to reconnect with my surroundings and myself and my thoughts and my mind and what's going on with me I spend all my time you know focusing on how can I facilitate um wellness you know to for all my clients and people around me um and they're the times for me to kind of really um do that for myself you know how do I honestly feel right now because you can't run away from yourself out there it mm-hmm. you, you know when you're out there on your own you are you're vulnerable and you're you're you know you can't run away from those those thoughts. They're there. So it's a way to just be very present, I guess. I was chatting with um, a personal trainer, uh, an ultra running coach the other day, and he was saying how when he's working with um, clients, when he first meets them, he, he, he gets to know them um, to the point of understanding what they're – because a lot of them are with him to train for ultra marathons and, and endurance events. And so he said he, he pretty much – delves into them as deeply as he can to draw out all their fears and demons so that they don't fall foul to them when they're out on the course on their own. You know, he brings it mm-hmm. up as much to the surface as he can in, in you know, quite a, a, an in-depth way so that they can deal with their problems. Like you say, because you can't run away from them when they're out there and it's just you and your thoughts. So he works with his clients to get all of those things out and dealt with so that they can be a successful athlete or whatever sport they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly, that's, that's my approach as well. There's a lot of tears along the way. Mm. Um, definitely when, and, and the initial um, meeting with a client is in, in, often incredibly emotional. Yeah. Mm. I think that kind of, I guess a sort of form of mental conditioning is a part of race training as well. I mean, although there's that therapeutic side of running, especially at slower pace where you can kind of lose yourself in it. <clears throat> there's also you know the harder efforts that you put in um and although you think well you're just training your anaerobic system or whatever you're strengthening your legs in actual fact you're also strengthening your mind oh yeah so that when you come to race or you know if you're putting in a really long effort um such as the ones that you've been doing tracy then you've got that confidence to sort of fall back on the resilience of your mind to these things and you know, you know, you've experienced this before. And so you can get through it again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what, like, there's some really tough, you know, you know what it's like, both of you, you, you hit some really, really dark points in some of the runs, like horrendous points on day five, like day one, two, three, and four, we're just going amazing of my last week's challenge. And then day five I hit um Marazion to uh Porth Kerno and it's just so overgrown at the moment you can't see the floor and you guys know what it's like it's super slippy out there and rocky and stuff like that and I'm um, I was unable to run I was just sliding all over the place slipping cracking my hip you know and I was getting so frustrated and like I actually hated like two hours 15 minutes it was like proper hatred get to Porth Kerno and throw my bag on the floor and just sobbed, sobbed and sobbed and sobbed until 
pony and um, passed me a vegan chocolate pudding and then everything was fine again but uh, and I don't know exactly why you know I don't understand what happened there but I will I know I will again because it you know I'll hit a point where it feels that frustrating because it wasn't it wasn't pain it wasn't fatigue it was pure frustration and I know that in the future I'm going to hit a point in my life where there's that that huge amount of frustration and I just feel like I want to throw in the towel but I know that you know you'll get to the other side and hopefully there'll be a vegan pudding so it's it's applying those really tough times you 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 know you kind of and again when I'm out there I think nothing is as bad as something I experienced previous you build on your life experiences and your running experiences absolutely I had a proper shouty outburst once on a race when I realized that I was going to miss the cutoff and there's nothing I could do and I had a proper sweary moment at the top of my voice. And then I had this very British thing of going, oh, my God, I didn't check behind me first. And I, I seriously, it was the biggest worry at the time, more than the DNF. I turned around to see if somebody had been following me when I, you know, it, it's like when you fart unexpectedly when you're running and then you go, oh, my God, I haven't checked my baffles. And you turn around and there's nobody there. And you're like, oh, thank God. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was, we have those really down moments. And it's so cathartic to just get it out. And, you know, either have a sob or, or a swearing fit or whatever it is, or, you know, it, but yeah, it, it does build you and it, and it's quite, it kind of clears the air to get on with the next one, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it does. The only time I swear in races is uh, when I get lost. Um, besides that, I'm worryingly silent and brooding. But that's because you're going so fast that you couldn't possibly <laughs> swear. I, I swore at you, Tris, on the last arc. Because <laughs> we'd done a recce run down Portland. Um, oh, where was it? St. Lloyd Beach. We'd just gone past St. Lloyd Beach and we decided that Tris's Garmin showed that there's a, a little path off to the side. And I go, no, 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 we've always gone over the beach. And he said, well, there's a path. And I said, well, let's go over the beach today. So we did. And then we both did it, didn't we? We got down to St. Lloyd Beach on, on the Ark. You were obviously like days ahead of me. But when we got down there, um, I went, ha, <laughs> I have a secret trick. Tris's Garmin said there's a path around there. So I went off to the right, went down this little snicket thing. And then it was like going into the, the, the wardrobe in Narnia, except there was a real back on it. And, and I had to then mm-hmm. struggle through all these bushes. I was like, oh, for sake, oh. Why, why did I do what I just did? And, you know, those things that you never do. So, yeah, I was kind of... I did exactly the same thing. We'd, <laughs> we'd wreckied it. We'd wreckied the damn route. But we didn't then, actually go down the bit that we, we thought didn't was actually a go down it. We, we went over the stones, looked back and went, oh, there is a path yeah. there. And then when we actually did the race, both of us attempted to forge a path through, which didn't exist. It would have been awesome because it would have saved us literally yards. Yeah. <laughs> Seconds oh, of time. They're running over those stones, though. There's always a danger that you're just going to snap your leg off. Yeah, it's a um, few so people go down saves, on there. Yeah. I think this, you know, the flies, you know, at the start, all the flies, like they, they really grossed me out the other day. There's just so many flies yeah. just coming up, you know. It's the time of year for it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I know you mean, I mean, you're talking about, you know, breaking into tears at Porth Kerno. I mean, that section of Coast Path before there is mm. tear inducing on the best of days. It's a frustrating bit of Coast Path. It's not as climby as some of the bits we were talking about earlier on the North Coast there. It's so technical on the ground, underfoot, twisty and rocks just sitting places where they shouldn't be. 
I mean, whoever made, whoever forged that piece of coast path in the first place should be fired. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's it's just a wiggly little. Well, it's like the rocks have been placed just so that you can't plant your feet in the right, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. They've been put in exactly the right spots to break up your stride yeah. and make you just sort of stumble around the place. And when you've covered it quite a few times, that you, you know you can kind of spot the rocks by their gnarliness, twistiness, because they're always the gaps are always slightly on an angle. So you can't just run through them. Mm. You have to. Twist. Plus, you can see the, you can see the blood on them as well. And <laughs> maybe that's where the all the flies is, were from. There was somebody between those rocks yet to be yeah, found. <laughs> the thing is, there was like um, on that section as well. There's just no. Um, you can't see. It's so overgrown at the moment. Like mm. it's just gone mental. Even over the last three weeks or since when was um, Southwest Traverse? When yeah, did you guys about do four that? weeks, five, five weeks, four weeks ago. Five weeks ago, yeah. It's just gone, gone crazy. Like it's gone crazy out there. And there were times when I was thinking, am I even on the coast path? Like you couldn't see. You just, yeah. just crazy. And what, yeah. what's, what's um, your experience with cat encountering kind of well people walking and tourists and dog walkers and everything? Because you must get a lot of that. Uh, yeah. How, how do you handle it? What kind of, what kind of runner are you when you see this dog coming towards you, its tongue sticking out, ready to push you off the edge of the cliff? Well, so I'm. I'm actually like I'm a cat person, although I really love your dogs, by the way, Jay. You know I do. Like I'm not saying anything <laughs> against your dogs or anyone else's dogs of anybody else that I know. But anyway, right. Um so I'm a cat person. So when I see a dog running towards me, um internally I'm thinking, oh you know, like, ah. Um, but I'm the sort of runner that I just stop and then I let everybody go by, and then everyone says, Oh, sorry, and I go, Don't worry. I've got all day like this, even if I haven't got all day, don't worry, I've got all day. And then they go and then they start and then we end, normally end up stopping and having a chat. Um, so that's sort of runner that I am. Um, yeah. And sometimes there's a lot of people like there's been a lot of people out there yeah. this last weekend, loads. Although I did see loads, like Trish, you were saying about the 630. Um, that's definitely, I've got that's a little bit of a seed that's been planted because um, I don't want to FKT it. I'll do my, my thing. You can definitely do your thing because I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> to get anywhere near you. Um, but like, I want to kind of fast pack it. Um, mm. But I saw loads of people walking that. And I, I was saying to a lot of them, like they were, they couldn't believe I was running that, the 200 miles. But I was like, I can't believe you're walking it. How many days have you been out here? And yeah. some of them were on mm. 29, 33. I'm <laughs> like, that's like endurance and stamina at its best. Like, that is phenomenal. And some people didn't even know what day it was or what day they were on. They just kind of knew that they were still there walking. Wow, it's that's just, disconnected right there, isn't it? Brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I was. And then I was like, oh, and then I met this guy, impending. And he was just coming out of Pendine, actually. And he was just like, well, you could do it. And I was like, I, yeah, maybe I could do it. You know, he's like, yeah. So that could that could be something. But in 2023, um, myself and Pony, we are running to Germany. So that's that's kind of the thing. He's His family live in Germany, so we want to run from our doorstep to theirs. No way, that's cool. So there is a route, isn't there? Transcontinental, pretty much. There's the um, Via Frasigina, which kind of starts on the continent. And so myself and Sam were supposed to be walking from Siena to Rome last year um, on one of the pilgrim routes. And so there's a a route that goes uh, from Canterbury all the way to Rome. 
which I'm pretty sure would take in part of Germany. So, yeah, the, there's an established route um, with St. Bernard dogs, I believe, on some of the passes. But maybe they have St. Bernard cats for you. I don't know. Uh, yes. If you put in a request early, there might be pumas. I mean, you might not get to choose what kind of cat it is or what size it is. That's Direct fine. from the jungles of Costa Rica, we have a lynx. Remember um, this cat? You said you like cats. This is your life. We brought you this one. So, um, yeah, so there's definitely some some very, very, talking about, you know, the, the history of roots and, and feeling that, you, you know, you're passing on ground that's been trodden before. And that's, uh, we've, we've chatted to people before about stuff like that. And, and there's definitely um, some history on that route. So, yeah, you should be able to, mm-hmm. um, to enjoy that one. Um, I was going to say, actually, while we're talking about the South, Southwest Coast Path, I, I only found out last year that it is actually maintained by a charity. So if anybody is listening and doesn't know, you can find it very simply by searching for the Southwest Coast Path charity. We all use it down in Cornwall, and they are always in need of support to help maintain this this wonderful kind of resource that we all use. It's not all kind of National Trust and everything else. So there is a, a I have a wall chart, which I have... Um, up on the on, on the, the cabin here which has all the um the distances broken down like you say they have a calculator and stuff like that but yeah if anybody does want to donate to it i'm sure they'd be grateful mm, thanks jay yeah that'd be good i I'll, I'll go into that and donate to them as well because um yeah it's right here on our doorstep and yeah it's anything that we can do it gets a lot of use and um you know it's it, it needs particularly from tracy yeah, get your say. money's worth <laughs> yeah, yeah you don't want to yeah. bill from them Take, right <laughs> per <exactly>. mileage <laughs> yeah it's lucky Take you're not on Strava or anything like that because they'll be tracking you Dan <laughs> this was a flat piece of road now it's a valley <laughs> it's yeah imagine if they did like a sort of big data gathering of like heat maps from GPS watch they'd be like oh a second this Tracy wait look at it <laughs> Did you see when they found the secret military bases out in the middle of like uh, Tajikistan or something like that? All these um, special forces guys had been running around these these bits on Google Earth that just showed blank spaces because the military had blanked them out on all the maps. And yet on Strava, there were these squares outlining sort of military camps in the middle of the desert with nothing around it because all these SB guys and, and Delta Force guys and stuff had been doing laps around the bases, basically highlighting where they were on Strava. They had, uh, no had to have a bit of a chat, I believe. I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah, they've been. I heard about them getting slap wrists for using Strava on secret bases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not ideal, is it? So the, I the mean, they've literally got a nuclear bunker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're doing everything they can to not be found, and then they've got this GPS device strapped to their arm, which they are broadcasting publicly around the world. I know. You, you want the Taliban turning up and doing your FKT record? Would you? <laughs> yeah. That'd be a shocker. Oh, um, <laughs> Tracy, you also do um, some weekend away stuff, don't you? You do the, the weight escapes. And, and I seem to remember you oh, telling yeah. me about something about people running down hills, waving their arms wildly like children, which is something that yeah, I must well, do at some yeah. point. Yeah. Um, I, take, I, I haven't been able to take anybody away, obviously, because of the pandemic. But um, yeah, I take people away um, to places like there's a house that I hire in Kingsbridge just on right on the coast there and um we they come away with me and I cook for them and then we run soul run totally soul run so um that's the phrase I was looking for soul running 
So running, yeah. And it's it's running with our senses. And so I get people to really kind of like lose themselves in the moment. And we spend some time where we run with our hearing and we just really focus on what we as individuals can hear because what somebody else can hear is totally different to what somebody else. And then we all discuss it at the end. And then we run with um, our sight and we um, focus on what we, or just notice, not focus, notice things that kind of um, make us happy, I guess, or, or, or uncomfortable or whatever. And, and then we run with our feelings and, um, it's been really present. And then I make people run downhill with their arms out wide like wings. And I just get people to be children again because we hold so much as, you know, as kids, we used to just go and like run, didn't we, in the garden or whatever. I didn't, but, you know, I wasn't very good at all that. You but, were drunk. Um, I was drunk, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we, you know, we... <laughs> We just didn't care so much, did we? We didn't care so much. So, like, I get people to run and then I get them to, you know, if you want to scream or, or, or yelp or sing or whatever it is, just do it. Or if you want to roly-poly, like, do it. Just be. And and be, like, be present and be without um, anything holding you back. So I do a lot of that. I and mean, that's a whole weekend of just basically spending time with me being a child um and they train hard they train really hard they often cover distances that they haven't done before um and running on terrain that they've never been on before so that's always quite you know scary for a lot of people and and they're coming away from family life and being a mum as well which is a big thing some of the women are you know they're, they're mums and they're not used to being away so it's like this is the time for you not to be a mum this is the time for you just to be you um and there's a lot of sleep as well I encourage a lot of sleep so it's not like get up at the crack of dawn it's it's never like that I'm up at the crack of dawn cooking and, and making coffee for everybody and then it's just like let's just go with it and there's lots of yeah mindfulness and lots of deep stretching you'll be very pleased to hear Jay and um and outdoor fitness just nice outdoor fitness you know like um circuits and and hill repeats and things like that just fun though it, I we have an element of fun it's not like some crazy military boot camp this is fun as well as working really hard and fueling your body well so yeah there I'm looking forward to getting those started again when yeah, I, I know you enjoy them yeah I love them uh. yeah well, cool. that has been a lot of fun. And I've learned I've yeah. learned a bit about you, actually, that I didn't know as well, which is always good. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, I've learned a lot about you that I didn't know. <laughs> um, particularly your capacity to endure pain relating to feet, which uh, is something yeah. that I'm working on myself. So it's nice to know uh, there's others out there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well done in your last two races, Tristan. Oh, my golly Oh, gosh. thanks. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. a bit mental, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I'm having a good season so far. Long may it continue. Um, yeah. Yeah, just the plague to contend with next before. Well, that's the end of the the trail running season for me, anyway. Okay. Wow. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on for coming on, Tracy. And um, let's have you back on after you've done something else totally unbelievable. Um, and um, yeah, we'll chat more about. Um, the southwest coast path 600 yeah. odd miles as well at some point i think because uh 
we're both got our eyes on that then in that case. I know, wouldn't that be cool? And we could do like comparison of like FKT and soul running. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, for sure. Cool, okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to having okay. a go at that myself. Um, but I, I, I also, I do think some of these like multi-day coast path jaunts are really exciting sounding, like, you know, covering the entire width of the county and everything is, so that, that sounds really uh, compelling There's to me. There's something special um, about covering a, 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 a a real geographical journey, I think, having a start point and a finish point that are, that are you know, quite interesting and defined and, and mm. there's something spiritual about traveling a, a proper journey, you know, traveling yeah, a distance, yeah. but having a defined start and end point. And a, yeah, I think there's something that in, inane in all, or innate in all of us that, that needs that sometimes. Well, it's one of the things about trail running, isn't it? I mean, road running, it tends to be quite contrived, you know? It's like where you loop around here and twist back there and you come over that bridge and then you're back at the start. Mm. Whereas with trail running, you know, by their very nature, trails tend to follow old, old routes. That's it. And in many cases, yeah, and in many cases, it's from one geographical point of interest to another. Um, And I think the sort of further they are apart, the more epic it is, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Right. Thank you very much, Tracy. Really appreciate your time. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll see you on Wednesday, Jay. I think I'm coming to have a torture session next Wednesday. (laughs) Thanks for making it sound so much fun. Great advert for Jay's uh, (laughs) services there. To the wrong audience, though. I don't want that kind of patient. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah so we, we 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 shall we shall see how how much of a toll it's taken on you um yeah you're yeah. you're you're very good at your race prep so i know you're um you won't be in too bad a condition that's for sure yeah no the legs feel fine i've just it's just the shoulder that's it i don't know i was obviously running on my hands or something at some point but um <laughs> yeah the legs feel fine at the moment ideal right <laughs> well, well see. have a great right. weekend and um uh, thanks for coming on again yeah, thank you very much for asking me. All right. Cheers, Tracy. Oh, nice to meet you. Bye. Cheers, Tracy. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Trail and Error podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to like, subscribe, and most important of all, share it with your friends and your family. Also, if you have any guest suggestions or suggestions for features that you would like to see on the Trail and Error podcast, please get in touch with us via our social media channels at trail underscore and underscore error underscore UK. It makes more sense when it's written down, I promise you. Oh, and we're on Facebook too. See you next time. Thanks for listening.